following sermon is by Andy Lake, the senior pastor of Liberty Bible Church. This program, Grow in Liberty, is the preaching ministry of Liberty Bible Church in Vienna, Ohio. Liberty Bible Church places a priority on the Word of God over all else and has a desire to share truth with believers and non-believers alike. Our prayer is that as people tune in, they would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Join us as we grow together through the Word of God. Now, whether we know it or not, uh, a lot of times our giving has strings attached. And sometimes we don't, we don't realize that it has strings attached, but it, down the road, if we talk ourselves out of the giving in the future, then there's a little bit of an evidence that perhaps those strings were attached and we just didn't realize it. And we say, think to ourselves, well, why don't I give to this person or to this situation any longer? Now, now I want you to understand the setting here in this passage. Uh, understand what's going on. If you were to look back at chapter nine, verses four, or verses one through five, you'll find that Paul uh, had been, for lack of better grammar, he had been bragging on the Corinthians. He was bragging on them and to the uh, uh, Macedonians and about their excitement. They were so excited to give toward the needs of the poor. And what, what, what it was, was in Jerusalem, you had some persecuted Christians uh, that were struggling. They didn't have the money for food. And so they were taking up these uh, uh, offerings, and they were taking up these collections to help those uh, without. Now realize, this does not necessarily mean that everybody in Macedonia and everybody in, uh, um, uh, in Corinth were wealthy people. Some of them were struggling as well. But out of their liberal hearts, even the things that they themselves struggled with, if they didn't have an abundance of food, they had just enough food, they did without some of that food to be able to send it to the people who had no food. And it was an exciting thing to Paul, and he was looking at it, and he wasn't bragging on them because of them. He was bragging on them because of the heart that God had given them to give toward these lesser, uh, 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 these people who had less ability to do for themselves. And so he comes about it, and he's uh, getting ready to bring some of these folks from Macedonia. They're on their way. They're going to pick up uh, the collection and take it with them. They're going to go distribute to the, uh, to the needy, distribute to the poor. And he sends word to them ahead of time to make sure that they didn't lose their steam. I mean, how embarrassing would it have been for not only Paul, not only the church of Corinth, but for the Macedonians to show up to pick up uh, uh, the collection. I mean, we've got a couple barrels over here for the Warren family mission. How embarrassing would it be for them to show up to find five things in the bucket? I mean, what, uh, thanks. No. And Paul's sending word ahead to the Corinthians going, hey, I hope you didn't lose your joy and zeal in giving. Why would they have lost their joy and zeal? Well, perhaps some of the things that uh, Paul was concerned about that took place, if you read the book of 1 Corinthians, you know there was a lot of problems. And this church at Corinth, 
man, they were a carnal church. They had gotten stuck in a lot of sinful practices. And maybe Paul's worried that all that took place there robbed them of their willingness to give toward those who were needy. And so he decides he's going to send word to them, hoping that they would not be embarrassed, nor would the Macedonian missionaries be embarrassed. Now, now, now I want to pause just for minutes for station identification because a message like this can very quickly incite some, some feelings. I've heard a lot of people in my years uh, in ministry who will say things, man, I just realized something, Pastor. I said, in my years of ministry. Wow. Okay, I'm not young anymore. Um, let's move on. But I've, I've heard them say things like this. Well, I don't like to go to church because all they ever do is ask for money. Now, stop for just a minute. Yes, there are some churches that that's all they do because they just want to pad the pockets of the people who are doing the preaching or the people who are doing everything else. Yes, let's just be honest. We'll call it what it is. There are some unscrupulous people out there. They're in every area of life. You're not going to get away from it because we live in a sin-filled world. But there are some churches that they have to ask for money, not because they want to pad their pockets, but because they want to do something for Christ. And I'm here to tell you, no matter what part of the world you're in, ministry doesn't come free. For us to just meet here costs money. The lights cost money. The heat costs money. The instruments cost money. The sound system costs money. All of these things come into play. We send over 40 different missionaries and mission works. We send money to 40 different missionaries and mission works. This year, we, I was on the phone just, uh, just a couple days ago uh, with uh, Joseph Mercado, uh, one of our missionaries to the Philippines. Last time he was in town, we were able to give them a a wonderful love offering. The church is able to support them with a wonderful love offering to take so he could go back to the Philippines and purchase a piece of property that he's wanting to build a church on. These are things that, that require the giving, the good, the faithful giving of God's people. And these are all good things. And so so understand, uh, we're not begging for your money. We're begging for your help. There's a difference. As we get into some of these things and we desire to minister in different ways, we desire to do some things. I don't necessarily want to ask for money. And if you've been around here for for long enough, you know that I have probably talked about giving less than I have bought shoes. I, I just don't talk about giving very often. I don't. Because I don't want your money. I want Christ to have your heart. That's a difference. Let's kind of put it in this frame of mind. Paul gives a few points in this idea of how one ought to give. Let's look at what he says here just in the verses that we read at the beginning. Look at verse 6. He says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 
every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. I want you to note the very first thing on this is that God wants us to give cheerfully, which means cheerful givers give bountifully. Cheerful givers give bountifully. Here's what it means to give bountifully. Have you ever given just because you wanted to give? Not because it was expected of you, but because you just couldn't hold yourself back? My wife gets mad at me every Christmas because I, you know, we, well, we're, not, we're, we're just going to get small things for each other this year. We're just going to do something small. We're just going to do something. And, and what, I, I can't. I can't. I love my wife. And I want to give to her as much as I possibly can. I want to do things for her. And then people are like, oh, yep, yep uh, Valentine's Day's coming. What are you going to do for Valentine's Day? You want to know what I'm doing for Valentine's Day? Nothing. I am doing nothing for Valentine's Day. Now, some of you men are getting ready to go home and tell your wife, see, preacher said not to do anything for Valentine's Day. And your wife's going to hate me tomorrow. Might hate me already. But the reason I'm doing nothing on Valentine's Day is because I hate the thought of having one day a year to make up for all the other days that I messed up. And so if I love my wife the way I'm supposed to love my wife, if I treat my wife the way I'm supposed to treat my wife, if I dote on her the way I should dote on her all year long, I don't need to do anything on February 14th. Now, some people like to do February 14th just so they don't have to do the rest of the year. Own it, okay, and let's move on. But the Bible talks about giving cheerfully. It's not, well, I was, I was you know, how about I give, well, wait a minute, no, let's see. If I give 20, then I'm not going to have five on Monday to buy my lunch, and then I'm going to need another five. You know, I'm only going to give 10. <laughs> bountifully, looking forward to being able to give. I, I remember when I went to, uh, I was in uh, Budapest, and in Budapest, they had all the different street vendors and everything, and I'm walking through, and, and I see a scarf, a beautiful scarf, and I thought, man, Sarah would look good in that scarf. How many did I end up bringing home? I, I think I brought like a dozen scarves home that because I just, Ooh, this one looks good, too. This one looks good, too. This one looks good, too. She, she doesn't wear scarves. But it was like, I found one that would look good. I'm going to get another one. And this one will look good. This one will look good. And she, so I come and she's like, that's a lot of scarves. Bountifully. I was 10 days away from my wife. You better believe I was bringing a bunch of stuff home, man. Do you give to the Lord that way? We give bountifully to our favorite teams. Well, I can't afford to tithe this year, Pastor, because we got family uh, season tickets to, to watch the football. Wait a minute. We give bountifully to Netflix, to Amazon. We give bountifully to Best Buy. We give bountifully to, uh, to whatever our, perhaps our, uh, uh, the NRA is wanting from us. Maybe we give bountifully to our hobbies. We give bountifully to the golf course. We give bountifully to everything. But how bountifully are we in giving to the Lord? 
My boss wants uh, me to work two extra shifts this week. I'm glad to do that. But show up for an hour-long prayer meeting? Nah. My boss wants me to put in a few extra hours today, but get up a half hour early so that I can read the Bible? Nah. Let's think about this for a minute. You want to know why we don't have joy in giving? Because of our opinion on what we get out of it. And that's why I don't give bountifully. Yeah, if I give a little bit to my boss, I'll get a little bit more on my paycheck. But I wonder if we just gave that much more effort to God, what would happen? Look at the second thing. A cheerful giver not only gives bountifully, but gives willingly. Willingly. Now, I already told you I don't like Valentine's Day. That doesn't mean that the rest of the world shouldn't like Valentine's Day either. You can go ahead and do your Valentine's Day stuff. But let's just say, for, for example, um, I, I, I went to my wife and I said, Wife, I am your husband, and I suppose we should have dinner this week. So let's go eat. I really don't have the time for this, but I guess since I'm your husband, I should make time for this. So let's go eat. Do you think she's going to get excited about going on that date with me? It's not really a date, is it? It's a duty. You see, generosity and a cheerful heart, a cheerful giver, does this willingly. Not because I've got to do it. Not because I have to do it. It's Sunday. I got to get out of bed. I got to go to church. That bald guy's going to talk again. Let's go. Not because of any of that kind of stuff, but because they actually want to do it. Not so that they can hear me, so that they can hear the word. Not so that they can sing with me, so that they can sing to him. It's a willing thing. The cheerful giver gives bountifully, he gives willingly, but he also gives, ready for this, cheerfully. Uh, The cheerful giver gives how? Let's say it together. The cheerful giver gives, everybody's like, duh. But you need to understand what cheerful means. The word cheerful, the Greek word for cheerful is the word hilaros. Does it sound familiar to one of our English words? Maybe hilarious? (laughs) Here's, Here's what Paul is trying to teach in this. Paul's trying to teach this way. (laughs) Yes! It's church day, and I get to put money in the offering plate. I can't wait. I just, you got something I can swipe, and I'll just, I just can't wait. Take it. It's, 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 It's the idea of enthusiasm and excitement. Have you ever seen someone just laugh, but then you see someone laugh in hilarity? where they were just crying, they were laughing so hard. Have you ever been there? You were laughing so hard, you were just, tears were flowing, and your side hurt, and your jaws were getting achy, and you're just, I can't, I can't, pause it, you know. That's the idea. 
Paul's saying it's a bountiful, willing, and an excitement. Think about this for just a minute. God owns everything. And he asks me to help them. And God has benefited and blessed me with the ability to help someone else. And when I get to give and to help and to be a blessing to someone else, I get to be the hands of God. That's something that I should be excited about, not grudging. And so when we have these ministries where we want to reach out to people, the ladies are trying to bring things in for the Warren Family Mission. They ought to have to call them back and say, bring more bells because our people are excited. When missionaries show up and it's like, hey, I want to build a church and we sit around and we go, well, get to work. That's not cheerful giving. When someone says, hey, we've got sign-up sheets over here for people to get involved in ministry, and we go, well, somebody else has got more time than I do. That's grudging. Praise God that we get the privilege of serving others. Praise God that I get to reveal Him to you. I have time that I have been given. I have abilities that I have been given. You know, it, it, it boggles my mind sometimes the things that God has taught me through the years. I mean, the, the abilities that God has just shown me. I mean, just stupid things. I mean, I, I can do some things that everybody else is like, how did you do that? I put the screw in and I turned it. Like, I couldn't believe that it was possible. You know, some people have abilities in technology. They know how to turn a computer on. Other people sit around, beat on it, and hope that it works. Some people don't just know how to turn the computer on, but they know how to fix the problems in the computer. You know, some people know how to turn a wrench. They know how to work on cars in ways that I'll never know. There are some people that have the ability to look at a spreadsheet and go, I understand everything on there. Look at all those zeros, ones, dots, and fours. I get it. Other people are like, is that even English? That's a number, dude. You know, you have abilities that God has given to you not to use for yourself, but to use for Him. How generous are you with that ability? So what is the thing that would drive me to do this? What would motivate someone to give this way? I can remember uh, this, this past year, someone gave us a gift that... Uh, helped us to be able to do uh, some travel expenses and some things. My wife and I, we couldn't wait to log on the church's website and throw some extra money in the plate. Well, there were some things that were going on in the church, and I was wanting to be able to give toward it, and I just didn't have the extra finances. And I was like, I mean, mind blown. 
My heart was full. But you know what happened? Here's what motivates or could motivate you to give. Prayers. Did you know prayers can motivate you? Never lightly esteem, never take it lightly, the prayers on your behalf from God's children. Don't ever take this lightly. I want you to know something. When I was on the phone with Joseph Mercado just a few days ago, his church is praying for you. They just bought a piece of property. And the church is rejoicing and praying for you. You've never met these people. You've never seen them. They've never seen you. But because of the generosity of our church, Joseph went home and he was able to purchase that property so that they could eventually build their church building. And that church prays now specifically for you. (laughs) I don't know about you, but the thought of having a church full of Filipinos praying specifically for us, who am I? I don't deserve this. Think about what they're doing on your behalf. They are taking your name to the creator of the universe and asking him to bless you. Do you see the the immense joy and privilege that it is for someone to bathe you in prayer? And if that doesn't get you excited to give, nothing will. I want you to think about this as well. Not only the prayers, but love. Love. You know, there are churches and ministries around the world that love you because of your giving. And don't take that lightly. Love is a better commodity than any amount of silver or gold you can amass. That's one of the few things that I agree with when the Beatles sing, all you need is love. I want you to think for just a moment what your life would be like without the love of God. Think for a minute. If that doesn't scare you, you may not be saved. If that doesn't frighten you to your core, the thought that you could go on without the love of God, you may not know Him. I love my wife. I love my children. The thought of losing them makes me sick. I love my Lord. The thought of not having that love terrifies me. So now I want you to notice this next thing. Understand that those grateful hearts of people around you have been impacted by your gifts. And there are people that come to my mind. uh, I'll drive by their house. I'll think of the kindnesses that they have shown my family. We were sitting at Texas Roadhouse just the other day, being able to eat at Texas Roadhouse because somebody gave us Texas Roadhouse gift certificates. We pulled in the driveway, and the kids were like, what? Not Taco Bell? 
By this time, we're eating real food, kids. Belly up. Well, what can we order? Just order what you want. Really? I mean, <laughs> how many times did your dad say that? You order what you want. What? Anything? Yeah, pretty much. Within reason. You know, <laughs> don't order the most expensive thing, you see. But, you know. We sat around the table. And we gave thanks. Not only for the food. But for the one who loved us enough to give that to us. When we went on our trip, we'd stop and we'd be able to do things that we wouldn't have been able to do. And we gave thanks, not just for doing what we did, but for those who made it possible for us. But notice what comes of this way of giving. I want you to look what it says, um, verse number six there. or I'm sorry, verse number seven. Every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of a necessity. Read this next part with me, church. For God loveth a cheerful giver. What is God's attitude toward a cheerful giver? What do you think the opposite's true? That God is not pleased with a grudging giver. Think about it. I'm cheerful in my giving. I give to his needs. I give to support his cause, to further his gospel, to, to take care of the, those who are in need. I, I give toward these things. <laughs> and I receive the love of God as a result of that. In other words, God pours out His love all over you. Maybe when you were a kid, you did something. And you just wanted to hear your dad say that he was proud of you. You just wanted to hear your mom say, good job. And you gave. You did something. And they looked at you and they said, good job. Way to go. Man, I'm proud of you. Puff your chest up a little bit, right? Puff your chests up because God loves you. This is not saying get proud about yourself. This is just get excited that you're loved and in the hands of the thrice holy God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator, the sustainer, the provider loves you. Find some excitement in that. Now, what has been your attitude toward giving? What has your mentality been in this area? How have you been thinking? What was your attitude in giving of your time? Your, maybe your abilities. You know, maybe, maybe you're the kind of person that, you, you know, I would go different places and, and I like things to be square. I like things to be level. I like things to be in plumb. And uh, I went to this hospital. It was like a $3 million hospital. I walked through every single one of the desks. The, the trim work is not level. Not a single one of them was right. 
you'll follow the trim line and it just gets white. You walk by and you, you know how to do those kind of things. You're like, man, if I'd have done it, if I'd have done it, this is how I would have done it. And then you go into a church building and you look around, you're like, well, if I was the one cleaning this place, if I was the one building that room, if I was the one making that, if I was the one working the soundboard, if I was the one in the music ministry, if you know how to do it, why don't you give some of your time? Be a help. Do you put in your time grudgingly? Well, I need to do my part so the church won't quit, quit asking me. Do you give sparingly? Well, I'll slip this 10 in the box. Oh, wait a minute. No, I need five bucks later. I'll slip this five in the box. <laughs> do you count your funds to ensure that your budget can handle sparing a few more extra, a few extra dollars? Instead of counting your budget and saying, well, maybe I need to cancel the gym membership so that I can afford to give to the Lord. Uh, there's, there's always a way to find a little bit of extra cash. There's always a way to find a little bit of extra time. Maybe instead of sleeping 18 hours, maybe I'll just sleep eight. Just a thought. Do you examine your schedule to see if you can squeeze in some time with the Lord before you agree to help them? Now, God has gifted you with time, abilities, finances. And as I've told you before, some have more than others. I understand that. But everyone has something. This goes back to one of the reasons why I get robbed of the joy of giving because I perceive what I have maybe isn't good enough. My friend, nothing you have is good enough. Nothing the wealthiest person has is good enough, but it's wanted by him. I'm not good enough, but I'm wanted. I'm wanted. If this has been your attitude toward giving, I encourage you to change things. Now, I'm not going to ask anyone to make a life-altering decision today. I'm going to ask you, what are you going to do differently this month? Just this one month. Can you cancel Netflix for one month so that you can give toward a missionary? Can you do without going through the drive-thru every single day, maybe pack a lunch? Can you give up maybe a half hour of sleep so that you can spend time in the Word of God? Can you rearrange something in your schedule? I challenge you for just one month. They say it takes 21 days to develop a habit. Let's see if it's true. I challenge you, just with your time, just with your time, take a half hour out of your day for one month and put it here. If you're already doing that, add an extra half hour. Put it here. I challenge you to be generous with your time. Be generous with your abilities. Just something this month. Maybe it's something in your mind you're like, well, I know how to fix this, and I've seen it broken at the church for the last five weeks. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to fix it. Maybe that's what you have. Now let's look at one last thing and we'll be done. 
is your generosity showing what you think about Jesus? Now, if generosity is the outward sign of a gratitude toward Jesus, what is it revealing? I'm giving when I'm grateful. I'm giving when I'm thankful. But let's think for just a second of recognizing the gift of all gifts and try to never lose sight of this. Look, at, look, look down toward the end of the chapter here. Uh, look at verse 15. It is the end of the chapter. I apologize. Thanks be to God for His unspeakable and notice this is in singular, not plural form. Gift. God gives many gifts. But Paul's talking about a specific gift. The one gift that was the greatest gift ever given. And I want you to think about Christ going to the cross. Brother Herb read just a little while ago from Isaiah 53. Verse 10, what did it say? It said, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Do you think God gave grudgingly? He gave joyfully. Christ went to the cross not grudgingly, but willingly. God didn't just give something that heaven had. He gave the best that heaven had. He gave everything. The greatest gift that could have ever been given. Nothing that you and I deserve. He didn't count anything back. Keep anything back. He gave it all. Willingly. And joyfully. Why should we give bountifully, willingly, and joyfully? Because we are made in the image of God. And those of us who are born again by the Spirit of God know that we are also called to be formed more into the image of His Son. Who needs your time that you haven't been giving it to Him? Who needs your abilities that you haven't been helping Him? Who needs your finances? It's not about trying to fill up our bank account. It's about giving everything you have to Him. I promise you something. He can do far more with your money, with your time, and with your abilities than you could. I promise you that. You think I'm wrong? Try it. The Bible lets us know, prove me now. Herewith. You think I'm wrong? Test it for one month. Give God more and see if you don't find out by the end of it, He did more with your time, more with your abilities, more with your money than you could have done with it. Test Him today. Talk to Him. Say, Lord, I'm going to give you a month. If He's right, you can have the rest of my life. 
challenge. Will you accept it? Father, as we bow before you, it's only because you've given to us that we're able to give back. It's only because you love us that we're able to love you. And Father, we know that oftentimes we are stingy and greedy with what you've given to us. And Father, we have no business doing that. You blessed us. Why shouldn't we use those blessings to be a blessing back to you and to your people? So Lord, would you help us to develop a, a heart of generosity? Father, looking at the gratitude that we have towards you over what you've done for us, and just let that pour out. Renew the zeal of being generous people. And Father, we'll be careful to praise you for it. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to Andy Lake. Bible teacher with Grow in Liberty and pastor of Liberty Bible Church. We pray that you were challenged today and encourage you to share this message with your friends and family. If you were motivated in some way to grow in your walk with Christ, please drop us a line and reference the title of today's message. You can access us online at growinliberty.org. Email us at together at growinliberty.org or send us a letter to Liberty Bible Church, 2111 Sodom Hutchings Road, Vienna, Ohio, 44473. If you would like to support Grow in Liberty financially, you may also do that at growinliberty.org. Thank you so much for joining us today.